thank you for joining us and thank you for tuning in. Today's message is a challenge to you and a call, I believe, that you need to heal and submit to. The title is, You Must Contend for Souls. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. Besides me, there is no Savior. The Lord is saying in this verse, no other gods or idols can save, but only he can. God therefore qualifies himself as Savior. Evidence of this is demonstrated in the Old Testament when God acted as Savior in delivering Israel through the hand of Moses from the bondage of Egyptian captivity and slavery. Now, when we get to the New Testament, salvation goes to a totally new level. Not only is God the Savior of Israel, but now he becomes the Savior of all mankind. This he accomplished through the sacrifice of his dear son on Calvary's cross. Peter echoed this when he addressed the Sanhedrin, those who were rulers, elders, and scribes. In Acts 4 verse 12, oh, I love this scripture. It says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's worth reading the scripture again. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There are great names in the world. There are great names of great men and women, but they, they do not have the power to save. They do not have the power to deliver. There's only one name, and it is the name of Jesus given under, given under heaven. No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus. Salvation, therefore, through Jesus becomes accessible to everyone who believes. Do you remember the first time you believed? Do you recall the day you received salvation by believing in Jesus Christ? Oh, it was a grand day, wasn't it? There's a song that we love to sing. It's called, It Was a Grand Day When I Was Born Again. Another song says, I want to thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. But now that you are saved and have your passport ready to go to heaven, isn't this something that, must, that you must do and be involved in before he arrives on the clouds to take you with him to glory? The answer is yes, yes, yes. Brother, sister, friend, when you find the Lord, you find occupation. The day you got saved, you got a job too. So whatever we do for a living, our true career is our father's business. God is in the business of saving souls and he's calling you to partner with him in his business. I want to tell you a story. One day, a group of Christian women gathered at their prayer meeting. The guest speaker was an enthusiastic soul winner. He overheard them discussing a questionable woman in the neighborhood. So he asked, what are you doing to show the love of Christ to that lady? The group leader spoke up. We're praying for salvation every time we meet. Fine, the evangelist remarked, but you'll go to hell if all you do is pray. Have you visited her? Have you shown God's love to her? You see, the problem is 
that Christians often seem to want God's spirit to carry the message of his love to lost and hurting people. But as a believer, you are the one who must share the gospel. Many times church members spend much of their prayer time urging God to do all of the things that he chose them to do. How can God's spirit communicate his message to people without a Christian to express himself through? What can Jesus do in any town or community without a body to function through? The Bible says God was manifested in the flesh according to 1 Timothy 3 verse 16. Furthermore, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us according to John 1.14. He came in a physical body. So here's the reality. God came to us on our human level and expressed himself through the life and witness of a human person, his son in the form of flesh and blood. Now listen. Now listen. After Christ was crucified and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, he sent his spirit, namely the Holy Spirit, to indwell believers as his temple. Now here's something that just blows my mind. And here it is, the astounding and dynamic fact of Christianity is that every time a person receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, in that individual, the living word, which is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is made flesh and dwells amongst us again. Now, we are the church. We are Christ's body. I am the church. I am Christ's body. Here's another truth. Christ ministers through people today, the same as he ministered through a human person over 2,000 years ago. Today's body is the church. The church is you and it is me. We are his temple, his channel of expression now. Today we are his associates, his ambassadors, his friends, his partners, his interpreters, his communicators, and his transmitters. God redeemed us so that now he can live within us and express himself through us. Here's another important truth. Our Lord does nothing except through his body. He functions through you and through me. You are the human channel through whom God works. The church of Christ is not a building. It is a converted people. Now, today, he speaks through our voice. Now, today, he walks in our shoes. Now, today, he touches with our hands. Now, today, he listens with our ears. Now, today, he embraces us. He embraces with our arms of love. The only way God can save the lost today is through you and me. Christ's ministry in any community is limited to those through whom he is allowed to love and express himself. He longs to speak to people about salvation, to convince them of the gospel, but he can only do it through believers who allow him to speak through their lips. Will you become that believer? Will you allow God to speak through your lips? If Christians are too busy to go and witness or to share the Lord's message, then he has no other channel to minister through and the unsaved may be lost. Those who are sick may never be visited by Christ if believers do not go as his representatives and minister to them in his name. The Lord does not live in a stone cathedral or in a temple of bricks. He lives in our lives, in our bodies. We are his temple. This is our divine heritage that makes our Christian lives worth living. When the Lord spoke to Philip, telling him to join this chariot in Acts 8 verse 29, 
He was saying to us too, go out to the busy thoroughfares of life, out where the world is on the move, and find those who are lost. Witness to them of Christ, inform them of his good news, and share with them his love. Jesus said in Matthew 10 verse 7, as you go, as you go, as you go. So as you go beyond the sanctuary walls, out where the people are, out, excuse me, I'm getting very excited right now, out in public places and in private homes, there is where the Holy Spirit will guide you into encounters where you can lead needy and lonely people to faith in Jesus Christ. This is the ministry that is open to every Christian, regardless of age, race, gender, culture, or social background. This is your primary calling, child of God. People make excuses, talking about waiting on the Lord to know His will. His will is for them to be up and going, up and doing. It is more comfortable on one's knees than on one's feet, but... The Bible says, but how beautiful, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Isaiah 52 verse 7 and Romans 10 verse 15. Paul found one or two converts doing nothing but waiting for Jesus to come back. But that was not the idea of the Christian faith. Much praying will never get God to do what we should do. Some describe revival as God entering the field and taking over while we watch. The New Testament suggests nothing of the kind. The gospel is not news where nobody tells it. God does not proclaim the good news about himself all by himself. We are the proclaimers. Sometimes we can be very active looking after ourselves. But in kingdom interests, we can be non-starters. Let's wake up to soul winning. In ordinary life, we value the gifts and skills of entertainers. Men and women of great sporting ability the genius of music, comedy, drama, and theater. However, the show ends like a good meal and nothing has changed. Our pleasures bring relief like aspirin, which stops the pain but does not affect the heart. The true gospel is medicine that affects the heart. Let's not focus on solely saving our own souls, but let us focus on saving others. The gospel has no plan B. It is up to us. Salvation comes from the Lord, but the Lord never operates solo. He invites volunteers to work with him. God saves only those who knows that he can save. But nobody knows unless we tell them. If we do what we can, he will do what we cannot. Do the possible and he will do the impossible. Come on, let's keep the main thing the main thing. Today, ministries of deliverance abound. Offering miracle release from every real or imagery, imaginary bondage, spiritual, psychological, demonic, acquired or inherited. However, greater things in John 14 is about, the greater things that John 14 speaks about is about the saving of souls. That was the work that Jesus called greater. It is wonderful to expel demons in Jesus' name. But Jesus said, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He said this in Luke 10 verse 20. Jesus himself gave them the power of exorcism. But new names written in heaven were supreme. Second Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Salvation is now. 
not tomorrow, not next week. Salvation is now. If a man is drowning in a river and he cries out for help, you are not going to stand at the riverbank and say, I'll come and help you tomorrow. You are going to go to his aid at that very moment. And that is how it is with salvation. There are men and women, boys and girls crying out, crying out in the river of life for help. They are drowning in their sin. God is going to give you ears to hear. Their hearts cry. They may look okay on the outside, but on the inside they are lost without God. And you are called by God to rescue them from the drowning waters of the river. May the Lord tune your ears to hear the, the cry of the lost soul without Christ. It is time now to reach out to those who are lost. You are called to contend for souls. It is your calling. It is your mandate. Perhaps you are listening and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Today the Lord is calling you to come home, to come to his saving knowledge. All you need to do is to repent of your sin, believe in him, and he will save you. Call on his name now, and he will save you in Jesus' name. And for you, believer, go about the Father's business. Save souls. God bless. Till next time.